We're just listening to the house of mercy, waiting for the waters to stir. It's often all caricature. It looks like military fan fiction until it's not. It's funny until it's scary. That's Joan Donovan uh, from the research director at the Shorenstein Center for on Media, Politics, and Public Policy at the Harvard Kennedy School. Really? Yeah. Oh. No, I know it does sound like something I would make up, but no. And I realized that that, uh, those, that attribution was longer than the actual quote. Quote, I'm going to read it again. It's often all caricature. It looks like military fan fiction until it's not. It's funny until it's scary. Yeah, it just sounds so much like uh, something you have in your sermon. That's why... I had a hard time leaving them. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've just I've been heavily influenced by the uh, Shorenstein Center on Media, Politics, <laughs> and Public Policy at the Harvard Kennedy Business School. Um, and I guess they're not that well known for being that quirky. <laughs> anyway. Well, hey, everyone. You know, I hope you're surviving these anxious times. Yeah. I guess if you're listening, you're surviving. But I hope even somehow more than surviving... There's something in your life that's thriving. Anyway, one way or the other, it's good to know you're out there with us listening to the House of Mercy podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be together as a community, and hopefully, in some way, this can feel like a community because these are times when you, yeah, you want to be, uh, you want to be with the people that you love and who love you, and people uh, with whom you, I don't know, move through life and share. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I petered out. I was thinking about something else. <laughs> um, you know, we had to think about the pledge drive, I guess. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, it. Boy, this has been a year, and I'm not, I don't need to tell anybody to repeat that again, but in, it's coming up here in about another six weeks. It will be a year since we all, since we stopped meeting regularly. And uh, in that time, we have done, we have, I think we've really continued to be the House of Mercy and uh, that we've continued to create art opportunities to, for our writers to come out and reflect on these times and made music and thought theologically and, you know, question not only the text, but the culture and I don't know. Um, even though we miss gathering together, I think we are still still an important community, and uh, we really um, are grateful for all of you that continue to find meaning in it and to support it. So it is, yeah, it's pledge drive time once again. And uh, if you are a regular pledger, well, we hope that you have gone and uh, updated your pledge for the year. I understand if some people have to reduce their pledge. Uh, other people, if you can, oh, this is, would be a great time to, to increase it. In this last year, we have uh, cut the uh, all salaries by 25%, and uh, we've cut uh, our amount we pay in rent by 50%. So 
these are these are hard times for everybody, and we know that, and we've been making those adjustments. But uh, jump in and say something inspiring, Debbie. Say something inspiring, or just jump in. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, you got something inspiring. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's I'm so grateful for everyone who keeps pledging, and if you can pledge, think about it. If you can't pledge, that's fine too. But, but yeah. you, should, you should read all about it in the newsletter, and you'll actually be getting something in the mail. With I think there'll be a pledge card and everything. And there's going to be a survey with this whole pledge campaign because we'd love to hear from you how you would like House of Mercy to you know keep being community during these COVID times that don't seem to be on the brink of ending. No, yet. they do not. So and so uh also yeah if you get the uh the newsletter the email newsletter uh you'll get all the facts there on pledging and a link to take the survey and uh, if you don't get it you can go to houseofmercy.org and sign up for it all right well we love you we miss you this is the house of mercy and welcome to it I just can't let that go by, but um, it just sounded like you were quoting Trump there at the end. I know he shouldn't be able to co-opt those thoughts, but <laughs> I know that's not what you're doing. He, I don't think it's impossible to co-opt those thoughts. You, it is impossible. Those are uncooptable. You're right. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but this is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. Please join me in the prayer of invocation. God of mercy, as the helicopters circle somewhere in the distance and the threats keep coming in waves, even though we are afraid and angry and simply beside ourselves, we pray that you will get through to us. We need your light to follow, your love to help us believe and the possibility of transformation. Come and bring us some good news of great joy for all peoples. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Join with us in singing House of Mercy hymn number five, Christ for President by Woody Guthrie.
prayer petition with God in your mercy, and I ask you to respond. Hear our prayer. God of mercy, we confess our privilege that many of us have had it better in numerous ways than a lot of people all over this earth. We confess that our advantages have not always necessarily worked to increase the well-being of all people, that we are citizens of a nation that has backed coups, dictators, and tyrants, that has been destructive, even murderous, toward people who simply believe in different forms of government than what we have. Knowing our own complicity in violence and destruction, still, we pray for deliverance, for a way out of the cycles of violence and continued hostility. May we see that you have given us this, and understand it at least a little. Free us to turn more and more toward the nonviolent subversion of the empire of death. God in your mercy. God of mercy, you know who we are and you love us. Shelter us under your wings or send us out to heal wounds or just help us make it through this day and hopefully the next. Thank you for your thorough acceptance, your delight in us. May this depth of your love transform us. We ask this for our ideological enemies as well, our armed neighbors, those who seem intent on destruction. Pull us out of the merciless pits we keep falling in, we need your hand, your heart, your love and mercy. God in your mercy. God of mercy, the layers of sadness and fear and tragedy are deep. We have lost people we love. Some of us are losing our minds, or at least parts of them. Our souls are not light and free. Heal us. Gather us into your arms and let us know it will be okay in some way, someday, that mercy and love outlast the darkness. God, in your mercy, help us know that you are with us. Remind us of the transforming capacity of mercy as we pause for silence.
Thank you for the possibility of peace and the warmth of love, even in the midst of chaos. Amen. Today's gospel reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they took him about her at once. He came up and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed by demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone here is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The word of the Lord. I don't need to tell you about the darkness. I don't need to tell you about the deep night, the shadim, the demons that lurk near the water, the demons that surround the sleeping and the beds of the sleepless, the demons that hover barely hidden in the corners of your consciousness. I know that you know them all too well. The mizikim that wonder in the wilderness, or lie in wait near the graves. Reshif, Azazel, Balkazim, fever demons, the Balkazim that linger at the entrance to your home. O flying one, O Sassim, O God, O strangler of lambs, the house I enter you shall not enter, the court I rent you shall not tread. Sabiri, demon of water blindness and night blindness. Oh, Shabiri, my mother told me, be aware of Shabiri. I do not need to tell you of Shabiri, who brings in the night irrational thoughts, anxious thoughts, anger that is nearly uncontrollable, imagining of what's been done to you, of who is oppressing you. My mother told me, to say this in the night to ward off the demons. Shabriri, briri, iriri, iri.
demons are all over the writings of the ancient rabbis. Descriptions, lists of names and their corresponding afflictions, folk tales of demons, remedies, incantations, and directions for inscribing amulets that will ward them off. One should not drink from a river or a pool at night or risk blindness. One should take precautions at important times in one's life, childbirth, circumcision, a marriage, the burial of the dead. Take precautions when having intercourse or entering a new house for the first time. Demons are creators of harm and disease. All kinds of illness. Shabitha, a female demon, will bring the croup to children who do not wash their hands in the morning. Lilith, in much of the Midrash, is the mother of all demons. As a matter of fact, in these writings of the ancient rabbis, almost all of the demons are women. The Talmud forbids one person to greet another at night for fear that that person might be a demon. One Midrash says that demons were created at sundown, the eve of the first Sabbath. The word abracadabra is derived from the Aramaic and is to be scratched into an amulet to ward off demons. If one suspects there is a demon around and wants to know for sure, you should sprinkle fine ashes around your bed. And in the morning, if there was a demon present, you will find tracks like that of a chicken in the ashes. Not all demons possess people. As a matter of fact, most do not. The daibuk, or the clinging souls, are the ones that enter the body of a person. Most demons bring harm and sickness by proximity and opportunity. There are demons all over Mark's gospel. The first thing Jesus does after his baptism is go into the wilderness to confront Satan, father of the demons. It's only after this initial confrontation that Jesus proclaims the good news of the coming of the kingdom of God. Then he calls his first disciples and immediately goes to the synagogue where he begins teaching and is interrupted by a demon, a daibuk, presumably one that possesses. He casts the demon out, and as soon as they leave the synagogue, they enter the house of Simon and Andrew, where the text says Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. This is said to be Jesus' first healing in the book of Mark. But seen from the demonology of the ancient rabbis, it is clearly an exorcism. Rabbi Chaim Vital writes, Here is what my teacher taught me to exorcise an evil spirit, God forbid. These are the details which I have tried myself. I would take the hand of a man, putting it on the pulse of his hand, and then lift him up by the arm. When the man was lifted up, the demon would leave. This is exactly what the text says Jesus does with Simon's mother-in-law. Takes her by the hand, lifts her up, and the fever leaves her. It does not subside. It does not go away. The fever leaves her. An exorcism. The text goes on. After sundown, they brought all to him who were sick or possessed. That 
is those who are afflicted by the non-possessing demons and those possessed by the Debuk. There is no difference between spiritual and physical and the physical. All healing is confronting evil, casting it out. And the whole city gathered around his door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. The demons know who Jesus is. After apparently casting out all the evil in Capernaum, Jesus sneaks off by himself in the dark and tries and and he goes to a deserted place to pray. His disciples find him out in the darkness. They try to get him to come back to the house, but he says, let's go on to the neighboring towns so that I might proclaim the message there also, for this is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is what Jesus came to do, proclaim the good news of the coming of the kingdom of God and cast out demons. They seem to go hand in hand, proclaiming the good news and casting out demons. Now, I've spent a lot of time proclaiming or pointing to the proclamation of the coming of the kingdom of God, but I have spent very little time talking about or even thinking about casting out demons. This is an odd and old faith we practice. It's a faith that seems to be built on the proclamation of this good news and confronting evil. Evil in every incarnation, sickness, possession, in individuals, and institutions. Proclaiming the good news and confronting evil. It seems like the confronting evil thing hasn't got as much play. I don't need to tell you about the darkness, the deep night, the shadim, the demons that lurk in the night, the demons that surround the sleepless, the sleeping and the sleepless, the demons that hover barely hidden in the corners of your consciousness. I know that you know them all too well. The mazakim that you meet in the wilderness. I don't need to tell you of the shabriri who bring in the night irrational thoughts, anxious thoughts, and anger that is nearly uncontainable. Imagining those who are oppressing you. The darkness. I don't need to tell you about the darkness. I know you know it all too well. But you don't have to stay there. You don't have to live there. You don't have to confront the demons alone. Come now and be healed. This is God's table and all are welcome. On the night he was handed over to death, Jesus took bread and gave thanks for it and broke it and gave it to his disciples to eat, saying, Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this and remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and gave the cup for all to drink. 
saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and shed for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this and remember me. Please join with us in singing House of Mercy hymn number 34, No Depression. May the grace of Christ truly reach into the depth of your being and the mercy of God surround you, whatever you face. And may the peace of the Spirit be with you. Amen. <laughs>